fellas gather around listen to me. I'm about to put y'all on because somebody put me on. So I'm sharing this wealth of knowledge I got. In my quest to manifest magnificence in this kind of famous lifestyle, I found this product called A Perfect Gentleman by Touch Body Works at EvokeTouch.com. Let me tell you what it smells like, though. This joke is crisp, man. It's clean. It's not too masculine. It's right at that sweet spot. Men love it. Women adore it. Just simple. Man, let me tell you something about this product, man. It's all handmade. It's all natural. No synthetics. No chemicals. It's natural the way we need things, man. Matter of fact, it's so natural you can eat it. But don't. Seriously, don't. Not only that, we talking about supporting small business. That's a black-owned small business. And I want y'all all over that. EvokeTouch.com. E-V-O-K-E. Touch.com. Get something for yourself and jump on that perfect gentleman. While you're over there, get something for your mom and then tell your mama I said hi. Get all of that and just go off the handset. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was saying, like, those threads, like, people don't, just all of it, people don't, I think no one wants to debate the shit, they just, like, want to stay on their side. I don't know that this, I don't know that it's that simple, man, I think, I, that's right, that, that is true, and, yeah, I think, uh, you also had an issue with people, how I even explain it? They want, they want, they they want an audience for the shit they just did or said or whatever. You know, like they not. <laughs> I know they mad. They can't stop. Number one sound track in the world. Black on. Giving the number one movie. We making records. Making the whole movie. This is the I'm Kind of Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Lester Rowe. New week, new episode every Thursday right here on the new I'm Kind of Famous Podcast Network. SoundCloud, Google Music, iTunes. Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts, where you can find the podcast. So basically, on all those networks to find the 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 our platforms to find the I'm Kind of Famous podcast network, just look up I'm Kind of Famous podcast, and that'll give you all the shows that we do. I'm uploading everything to the same network, so everything easy to find. So you got the flagship I'm Kind of Famous podcast plus Catch These Hands, the uh sports uh, the combat sports podcast. Then we got Who Up. Doing those thought pieces, uh, and then of course the I'm Kind of Famous podcast outtakes. So I forgot what I'm calling it, but I haven't released that part yet. You've been getting to catch these hands. So every Thursday, Wednesday, and Thursday, new episodes, and then you can go over to YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Arrow Films, A R O W E Films, and check out the I'm Kind of Famous podcast network playlist, and they give you all the full episodes plus. The kind of short bits, greatest hits of each episode that I pulled out and decided that y'all need to hear this shit. Um, what else? Arrowfilms.com. Go over there. That's the personal website. That's where you can find uh, a link directly to the podcast if you don't know how to get to it or you accidentally found this. Or you can go to Arrow Photos. You can go to, the, of course, the film site. Look at all the documentaries, video work, and all of that I did. And uh, that's it. 
That's the place to go. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how to shorten this intro by a whole bunch. I think I got it finally. Uh, now, if you uh, follow any of the work that's been done, you probably know by now we uh, I officially. Uh, well, by the time you hear this, hopefully I officially got the uh, completed this deal to get some of this uh, EFC case side stuff on the taken uh tv series that's on nbc so that's gonna be in the second season i don't know when that's starting i don't know when it's airing i just know they hit me up for content uh i agreed we made a deal and i sent it over so this they turn to let me know so i can collect that bag that's what it's about getting that bag all right so i got that uh what else i think that's good for now that's good for now because uh it's sunday night we're going to talk some uh, sports, uh, and I've decided that this may be the last time I talk about this particular subject um, on the show until something major happens, because now it's just kind of, it's going long for no reason. Um, but this time I do have a guest on the show. Uh, he is, well, I tell y'all, y'all probably listen to this enough that I always have somebody from my high school on because it was the it's the magnificent motherfucking high school of all of Dallas and Texas in general, in my opinion. A lot of magnificent come motherfuckers come from out of there. So, you know, it's just right that I grab another one of them Booker T. Washington alumni uh, high school for the performing and visual arts. I can't can't leave that off. Uh, another alumni on to the show. Uh, and we're going to talk sports. Lewis Flanagan the third. He is also uh Dallas Weekly's uh sports uh editor, columnist, motherfucker that writes sports. That's pretty much <laughs> they get they have about ten different titles when you looking this shit up, but it's all the same thing. They talking about sports. Uh, I well, I assume it's the same thing. He gonna let me know otherwise. So I got him on the line right now. Lewis, welcome to the What's I'm kind going of famous, on, sir? Welcome to the I'm kind of famous podcast. Podcast Network. Ugh. Hey, man. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Now, why don't you tell them I a little bit it. about Dallas Weekly and what you do for them? Uh, Dallas Weekly is the state's longest-running black-owned uh, news publication, print publication. Uh, don't uh, let our legacy fool you. We have branched out, of course, gotten with the times, got the website going. Uh, recently put out our own radio network, uh, Dallas Weekly, I'm sorry, dwradio.com. Um, Dallas Weekly Radio uh, and the and the site are about to go through uh, what I would call a, um, a facelift. Um, we're we're infusing things with a little youth, and uh, so we're, everybody's at the table. The minds have met, and we're we're trying to get you. Uh, the next phase, I guess, in 2018, man, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Now, what do you do with them? Um, just as you said, I, I cover sports. Um, I, I think that simplification works just fine. I think um, if I was to make it a bit more complex, it's it's my responsibility to see uh, that the community and its members uh, are equally represented, and especially having a platform dedicated to us, uh, it gives us the opportunity to tell oftentimes the, the little-known story. Um, it, it helps us acknowledge 
some of the area's high school and uh, youth program players that, you know, otherwise wouldn't get their moment or, or um, their particular story put out there. So um, I, aside from simply covering sports, I think it's my job to um, take a look at, at the effect almost uh, of sports on the black community. Now, when you say us, and by now, uh, if you listen to the show, whenever I say us, generally I'm, I, I, I'm, I, I assume that you mean black people, people of color. That's correct. All right. So, with uh, well, what? Let me ask you before we jump too much into some of these topics. What are uh, what is what is one of those uh stories or columns that you covered that you feel like you're most proud of? Man, um, hmm, I, I might have to reach pretty far back. I want to say my first uh, really big story was, goodness, I want to say 2011, 2012. Uh, there was a blood and bone marrow drive at uh, Southern Methodist University here in Dallas. Um, and it was all part of, and I, I wish I could recall the the organization, Um Forgive me, I can't, but uh, they decided to have a celebrity basketball game. Waka Flocka was there. There were Cowboys past and present. Uh, they, they really did roll out the red carpet and give you everything that you, you really needed, um, unfortunately, uh, at least at, at face value. Unfortunately, the community knew nothing about it uh, or at least appeared to know nothing about it or be indifferent and the event on paper was an epic failure. There was no one there. Um, but I got to tell the story of the fact that upon realizing that where some of these celebrities could have felt that their time was wasted and the, the opportunity to promote had been lost, these dudes rallied together and put their funds together and made sure that the goal needed was met. And And that was just, that was an epic moment because... I, you know, even even having told the story as I did, um, I don't know that it did the moment justice, and I don't know, um, especially in today's hyper social media climate, I, I don't know what that would have done for those men to be acknowledged that way. Well, why do you think? Uh, and, and I often feel like, in ways, you know, we we as in uh, black people and people of color that. You know, we ask and want for a lot. No, I, I only want to say a lot. We ask and want for uh, for things, a, sufi- a sufficient amount of things. And then when those things are presented to us or or, 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 or ready for us to kind of grab hold of, we do have this apathetic way of approaching it. Either we don't, you know, we obviously a lot of the problem is awareness some things we don't know but do you feel like we want to know and just don't know how to know or just you know it just don't catch our interest enough to go seek that these sort of things out because having someone like waka flock and uh some of the other celebrities there that seemed like that would be a big enough deal that the neighborhood would show up for man and and especially in 2011 you got to keep in mind like the the time uh, Flocka is one of the hottest out. So, so it it was, it was crazy. And I, you know, I hate to speculate as to what didn't work out. 
Um, and I tried my best even in telling that story only to to mention that simply, you know, to, to give an understanding of why these people got together. But, you know, it was really the, the spirit of overcoming that that really made the story for me. So not not particularly that I was that I benefited from that particular failure, but, but I did. Um, but, um, probably more to your question. Um, I, I think, and, and this is going, I'm, I'm jumping straight into quicksand. So hopefully you, you ready to go on. Hey, that's what I do. Um, I do it every week. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay. Um, You got to figure out how to get out of it. You know, I I think I think this is a a weird time and place to exist in America at all, especially, uh, or let alone to be who we are. And um, I think we have this weird mix. We are the first um, children post uh, the post the concept of actual assimilation. So we have this we have this mix of the the cultural sposters, the the socioeconomic sposters, and there really weren't precedent. There there was no precedent. There was no um, guideline, no no handbook for the responsibility that comes with these things that our our previous generations wanted, and to a certain degree, we've gotten. Uh, not to say that you know we're anywhere near where I feel we should be or or to the point of equality. This is certainly not a post-racial society. But um, there's been no handbook. And, and so we've got this odd mix of knowing that, well, this is what I should get to have my piece of the pie. But there's no, no guide map in those moments. And I think that if you look at it, a lot of the division inside the the community really starts at that point, especially when you look at the education gap on the national level and then when you break it down to age groups and the sexes and all of that. So before I know my audience, so before we go too further, why don't you explain uh, the concept of assimilation to uh, the people listening? Man, um... All right. Uh, briefly, I, I, briefly. <laughs> um, well, I, and I'll do it. I'll do it specifically to our uh, our history. Uh, the The concept is that rather than uh, abolish Jim Crow or the effects of Jim Crow policy on Black America, um, the community could still be wrangled or or you know dictated or or you know you get what i'm saying um by being slowly but surely or selectively filtered into uh the the community at large or the white community specifically uh so let's go with uh basically stealing our shit (laughs) i would uh it'd be white people taking our shit uh, Fair enough, or or uh, or allowing us to see a little part of theirs and expecting us to take it for uh, equality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Well, so since uh, man, 
That's a good segue. Well, it ain't even a segue. You mentioned Walker. You brought this part up. Now I got to bring back Walker again. Before We're going to get into the sports, <laughs> but we got to get back into Walker one more time. Now, Walker has said the I, thing about him not being, what was it, uh, African-American. Well, I, I don't remember right. the quote specifically, but um, what did you think about that comment first? Um, well, hold on. Before you say that, are you aware of Flocka's kind of um, his his I'm I'm a, for lack of a better word growth in his from being what we know a Walker from that time during this um this uh, charity event to where he has kind of grew into as a as a person right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm up to speed on his uh let's say development, and development, I am also I've 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 recently uh heard the quote that you're referring to, um. I, I have mixed feelings, and, uh, you know, it has to do with the timeline of my own development, let's say. Um, but uh, let me say that I appreciate what I think he's trying to do. Um, and I appreciate the the awareness or enlightenment, truth be told, uh, that he's trying to bring. Um, but the thing that a person in his position need be uh, wary of is that, Oftentimes, fans or even those who weren't exposed to him who suddenly become mm. uh, or encounter his message uh, are inclined to take it at literal face value. And now you've become the expert on something very specific. So now if there's any flaw with that, you're subject to the ridicule or the, the blowback. And I think it would have been nicer for him to simply leave it at please don't define me that way. You know, I am in the process. And he, he mentioned specifically nations, uh, which makes me hopeful that he's reached out to uh, a nation that is recognized internationally. And I don't mean a country with borders. I, you know, our, our Native American population um, is, is recognized. Um, so, so if that particularly was his reference, I hope that that is legit and there is you know and they are simpatico but um i'm I'm a little worried man no, like not about him but about whether or not we as a community are particularly ready see and and i, I think i agree with that as well I, 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 I part of me i look at it as i talk about being a creative and a creative individual is like sometimes you know it's it's tough because we see so many different landscapes sometimes and, and we we are we search more for understanding of so many landscapes and 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 cultures and things like that to try to understand because as well i mean when you're an entertainer when you're creative you're constantly you're not when you're a good one you're not always selling to the person that looks like you or the skin that looks like you and then it's sometimes right. you may meet a white mexican or whoever who gravitate to a piece of you that you didn't realize was something that people would attach to and i think with him doing all the traveling doing it i mean being where he is in life is it and it all also kind of reminds me of the little wayne quote about not seeing racism and i think sometimes you get in this place where where you see where you see so much diversity in your world that it seems like maybe 
we uh, we as in black people are pigeon pigeonhole ourselves into this um, racial construct of uh, I don't want to say segregation, isolationism in that in that thought process sure. where we just kind of like us 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 so much that we forget like you know we can't just really be us we don't have that privilege to just be us. Well, I mean, if if we were if we were at all fair to ourselves, because I, I I've noticed that everyone is um, adequately you know informed enough to know that it wasn't that long ago that our histories were torn from us and and that practice was maintained over over centuries and and for that reason it it's sometimes uncomfortable and it's going to be uncomfortable to the entire world as we come to define ourselves whether we have um a very you know tangible means to point at and say no this is what i'm talking about because you know even looking back over our lifetime uh african american was still a new thing in the early 80s and people kind of patted themselves on the back for using it rather than saying black you remember that yeah i've enjoyed so, black. yeah well and and Truth be told, it, it it's kind of been funny to me uh, to to watch me gravitate back towards black because when I'm first hearing black, I'm in an all white setting. You know, I am the the right. uh, the the token in that situation, right. and in that moment, I rejected that label. And now here I am going, uh, uh-uh, no, no, um, and I do understand that there are groups out there who think that um, there are broader implications when you use that term um and and i hear that but i particularly when when defining myself i am black now you mentioned that um you mentioned what was it you said um that we have enough uh i think it was something about knowledge about you know all this Uh, i i don't know if i believe I, i think there's this 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 gap I won't say gap this disconnect or the this this broken bridge between you know knowledge and things we think we know. I think sure. We uh and and I think we we slowly kind of started talking about this before we started recording but this this idea like okay you go seek out there's a there's something that comes up. You go seek out this information to make sure that you're equipped adequately in your knowledge in that whatever that thing is. But then mm-hmm. in the same way that, you know, through the political cycle, we go through this idea of fake news and where people are getting this information from bad sources. I think you have some people, uh, if we make a line, we have some people on the north side of this line who go look up information based on very valid sources, less about uh, uh uh, attaching to the, you know, the emotional version of ourselves. Look for more factual information and let me determine how I feel about it. Then you got the people who are headliners, read the headline, I respond to the headline without context. But they treat that information as knowledge. I'm not <laughs> sure if we have... It, I don't, I'm not sure if we have this knowledge of what we're supposed to have and know when we don't get the information accurately. Well, see, and, and and that's where it 
just interesting. I, I have a very jaded relationship to that. Um, and, and oftentimes, you know, I'll throw things out that are outrageous and shocking or, or seem to be um, for that very purpose. I, I often like to see how, how far people will run. Um, there were, oh, there was a, a, a shooting out, I want to say either in North Carolina or Virginia, and uh, a woman who was in the service was involved. And this is right in the thick of uh, the police shootings um, kind of picking up at the end of the Obama administration. And uh, the 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 headline itself was, if, if ever there was an opportunity for confirmation bias, here it was, and it was being seized. And I, admittedly, I reacted that way. Um, and then you read the details and you went, oh, no, this is... Um, this is somebody who's committed a crime. <laughs> and, and, and that's, uh, that's kind of also been hard as well as like, like when these things are so hot and it's so the, 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 the pot is boiling on it. It becomes headline after headline where it's like, shit, I've read this story before. And, and, and for me, that that's why I generally try to reserve even speaking on too many things at once. I try to find a thing I give a fuck about, and that's what I'm talking about. And anything else, I kind of let everyone else deal with that just because I know I could end up arguing or, or going back and forth with a person who didn't read, who basically didn't read the full uh, information there and just responding on this title, this title, and like that one story that does lend credence to their opinion, but has nothing to do with but, the context of the current story. Yes, I, I completely understand, and I absolutely agree. Uh, that I feel like I'm being a little too particular when I say that there's a specific kind of groupthink uh, or, or a style that we have, whether it be a, a national culture or possibly even a religious culture where consensus or consensus reaction is equivalent to truth. And I would say Facebook that, culture. I, I wouldn't because prior to Facebook, um, there would have been people who would have said, well, most of my friends and family are Christian. So you being of any other faith is absolutely ridiculous in a fairy tale because we have the solid majority here. You know, uh, you were talking about, the 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 dangers i guess um of of attempting to define yourself in the present without too much proof uh of of a very long history let me say and that's the that's the part that i'm not so sure we're all prepared for in the moment because if we cared to get too genetically specific or if we cared to get too politically specific what we would do is fragment something uh, we'll fragment the thing that we say we love, which is our community. We mm. we are mm. the we people. We are the community people. Um, there there isn't another group that identifies itself among you know or with its peers. I mean that's that's we are we. So I I don't look for that to break in. To be honest, that's that's something I love so much. I hope it never does. But we have to be careful uh, in the management of that. Fair enough. We're going to make a hard transition out of that. That, that was a good one. It's going to get better. So uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into some of this stuff. So it is Football Sunday. 
Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. We're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Not right now. Okay. It's going to happen. Um, so, something happened over the last few days. Uh, I'm pretty sure you uh, heard about it. Uh, if you like sports, you heard about it. Um, Houston Texans owner Bob McNair made the statement. Uh, well, here's the headline. Uh, he says, we can't have the inmates running to prison. Now, that's the headline. That's the headline you're going to see. Every story that says Bob McNair. What I want to do before we jump into this conversation, pro provide some additional context to that, and uh, then we'll go from there. Uh, and this is just an excerpt from SB Nation that did a story on it. Um, he made this comment uh, in a uh, meeting that only involved the NFL owners, um, and it didn't have any players there. Uh, there was Troy, uh, who was this? Uh, Troy Vincent, a former player, uh, also uh, NFL executive. He was there when this happened. <clears throat> and um, I guess someone from ESPN was in the room as well. Uh, it says, after the owners finished, Troy Vincent stood up and he was offended by McNair's characterizations of players as inmates. Vincent said that in all his years of playing the in, in the in in the NFL during which he said he had been called every name in the book, including the N-word, and he never felt like an inmate. Um, this sparked some back and forth with Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, because Jerry always got to jump in there, who said NFL owners are historically responsible for the success of the NFL. However, McNair later pulled Vincent aside to apologize for the comment and then released a statement Friday after his words, which were made public by ESPN, which uh, it was an apology. It's the standard PR apology, so I no need to jump into that piece of it. So, inmates running a, uh, inmates running a prison. Uh, this is a statement uh, basically in a climate where um, there is this somewhat – this is going to be multifaceted, but this division between owners and players. We'll, we'll start at that facet and go from there so what do you think about that statement i think you 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 alluded to it you almost went there when when you misquoted or almost misquoted and said inmates running the asylum which is the turn of phrase and I, I know we're gonna have to discuss his apology later on but let's let's start with that his part of his apology was it's a common turn of phrase. Inmates running the asylum is the turn of phrase. He said prison, which changes the type of inmate it is. Now, that in and of itself, I understand Troy Vincent's response, taking it at face value. But unfortunately for Troy, it gets worse. The man saying it is a part of our prison industrial complex. He has a vested monetary interest in prisons in Texas. So the fact that he used the word inmates actually allowed his mind to drift to something common, prisons. So I, I, I'm, and don't at all accept the apology, but I do understand the I've been caught part of it. Yes, you have. You the the comment, the angle was in poor taste in and of itself. But the fact that you could not see because of your own vested interest and talking about confirmation bias, 
because of your own personal interests, you didn't see you actually made matters far, far worse. You, you, you gave Jerry an in. Goodness. <laughs> Wait, so you don't think it's, it's I mean, it's just, it's, it is, I mean, it is colloquialism, though. I mean, this is a phrase that's used. You don't think it was just... But the phrase is asylum. Do, do, does the fact that maybe we're missing, I mean, this is an excerpt pulled that someone, you know, someone, someone pulled this quote out of that meeting knowing how it was going to be received. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you think that just it being out of context, there's no problem there? Oh, no, 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 not at all. By no means am I apologizing for uh, the, the comment. I'm simply... Uh, pointing out that where most people are offended at what they think they're getting at face value, they should actually be even more offended because of the source and their involvement as it relates to the issue we actually should be talking about rather than the idiotic Freudian slips of NFL owners. So, all right. So in response to, to this statement, well, actually before I, I, for me, face value, I do look at it like it's just a statement uh, that's made. Now, I also realize that it's a much weightier statement for the context of right now. You know, this isn't mm-hmm. this isn't you know CBA. Well, see, all right, fuck it. Here's the here's part of a fucked up part about it, or one of the many parts of fucked up about it is I do in ways look at the league as I don't I don't go racist in the terms of white owners, black players. I do look at mm-hmm. it more in a slave prisoner mentality because uh and we'll get to this here in a second, uh, because of these players do feel locked into this situation they're in. I've often said the NFLPA is, is shitty. The CBA, like, they have a very shitty union compared to some of these other uh, leagues. But just the way that they, the players respond to even these sort of things. Well, in the past, it's been awful. They just kind of just deal with it, and hopefully they get a better deal. Right now, it's even different because they, it's just because the climate right now isn't good for a statement like this in my opinion but the response go ahead well i i want to highlight you know you're you're right in in your assertion that the the nflpa um has a huge problem on their hands because they're in a terrible position and they're quiet Um, well and to a certain degree they have to be um they signed a collective bargaining agreement that set the rules in place as they are for a specific amount of time. And until it's time to come back to the table, um, that, that won't change. But the, I guess the real tragedy in all of this is whoever's running the NFLPA today inherited an organization from which there was a history of corruption. You had former players willing to rob, <laughs> flat out rob and, and ignore 
uh, their former colleagues or even their current colleagues at the time um, for their own prosperity's sake. And and for that reason, um, for the, the, the backdoor, you know, uh, exchanges and all of that, you, you are in a position where you're watching the NBA blossom and change, um, and really the NBA has a, a chance to really get back into the thick of things. But um, part of what stands to lead uh, the NFL to what Major League Baseball has become, or even boxing for that matter, um, is, is this terrible position that the players are in, and it didn't just happen overnight. That is true, because that last CBA was trash as well. But, hey, at least they got weed off the thing as a whatever the <laughs> fuck that they was trying to get accomplished there. Um, so the response that the Houston Texans had today uh, to Bob McNair, because I think naturally you hear this with the current climate, you think there's no fucking way I go play. That's what I think. Now, because everyone's upset, uh, uh, What's my man? Now? I can't think of the dude now. Anyway, Hopkins. Uh, no, this another uh uh writer. Uh, I forget his name. He he's a writer, a journalist, black journalist. Sean King. Sean King. Um, mm-hmm. mentioned something about these players going to protest. So this is how the players protest. They go take a knee. Boom, because that's the fucking standard move now. When you're upset, you go take a knee. Uh, how effective was that? What message did they uh, give back to their owner by going out there and taking a knee? None. Um, That's a good answer. None. I mean, and and let's let's also acknowledge the fact that after taking this knee in defiance, you're you're right. They did play and they won. Now, now that's that's that was that's the. The knee, we'll get, we we going y'all know we about to get to Colin Kaepernick because we're talking about the knee now. But what the fuck is this? Like to me, I, I look at this and I say, oh, we're gonna protest. The, you 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 took a knee at the anthem. There was no that this that had nothing to do with the anthem. The uh, inmate shit it has nothing to do with the anthem. You take a knee at the anthem and then you get up and you go fucking play football. The very man who says that we can't let you sit at the table. Essentially, you can't let you have a seat at the table and dictate this game because y'all are the owners because your CBA won't do shit. So we can't let y'all run the show and you go run. Do You You, you do. Like the, the insinuation of the statement is we need to make sure these motherfuckers are doing what it is we want them to do. We don't let you come run shit. We run you. That's the insinuation of the statement. And that's what you go do as your, quote, protest. The knee is the the mm-hmm. knee is the most pedestrian shit I, I think I've seen uh, since. Uh, I mean, not since anything. It's, 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 it's pedestrian. If this is the model for protest in the NFL when you're upset at your owner, you might as well just stand up. Might as well put do everything well, you're supposed to do. And yeah, and I don't want to get I don't want to get ahead because you're right. We got to acknowledge the the Kaepernick side of it to even have the full discussion. But as far as Houston is concerned, it's it's terrible because the owner said terrible things and made 
a, a, an additional situation because, it, to my knowledge, there are people who are mad or, or have been mad at the players since the beginning of the season for playing in light of the aftermath of the Kaepernick situation. And we've heard a million different perspectives as to why players are choosing to play or why some are choosing to continue to demonstrate. But all of the value, I guess, to me, equates the Livestrong bracelet or, or the, the mm. pink Octobers of years past. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not excluding myself from participation because my original opinion of all of this coming down was everybody should be taking a knee, and if you're not, you have a problem. And then it became... Um, especially after the the Cowboys Thursday night misdirection um it 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 just and and perhaps when it's all said and done when when we are playing revisionist to to history we'll realize what a, a maniacal time bomb that was for the issue but the moment that Jerry Jones took a knee it became something that the NFL absolutely had to address now you've seen other owners show their true colors in that time, um, including Jerry Jones immediately after. Um, but to be very honest, it was trite and becoming even worse at the moment it happened, but it was the NFL almost reacted to it as I would seeing somebody dab on the Jumbotron today, like, oh, shit, that, that's so old, we got to fix it now. But – Here's the, here's the, uh, and we're we're slowly creeping up to this edge, but I guess we're kind of backwards engineering this. So, and I and I kind of like it actually because we're showing these different levels of of where we're at from how we started. So, mm-hmm. so now we have we have kneeling uh, as an act towards my owner on the anthem, which has zero no correlation. I mean, you can you can find a correlation that you there and attach it, but really, statement versus protest, there's no correlation here. Now we go back to as you mentioned the Jerry thing, um, the Cowboys game where we come out and uh, and we kneel together, and this mm-hmm. this, this is this this beautiful little movie scene that we see. Mm-hmm. But my problem here is that. The kneel wasn't for the 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 intentional reason why why the kneeling started. It was because Donald Trump, the president of the United States, says any person who kneels, disrespect the flag, whatever contexture that you have to put to that statement, that mm-hmm. son of a bitch should be fired. So mm-hmm. And unity, what what I see when I know that these two things have came together is we went out there in defiance of Trump and saying that I stand with my brothers who won't who I don't want to see fired for you exercising, let's say, the First Amendment. But mm-hmm. zero to do with the original intent. It was this this moment because it wasn't just the Cowboys. I mean, we basically this was the day that the league decided that we're gonna all kind of do this same thing. A majority of the league and players, 
as a response well, to Trump. Yeah, and let me jump in there, and that's that's a lot of why I refer to it as the misdirection, because Jerry Jones had the good fortune of the NFL schedule giving him a Thursday night game, and Trump said it in the middle of the week. Which no one so watches it, it, Thursday night games, really. But it, it gave him the very first opportunity, and, you know, I've always been able to give Jerry Jones credit for being um, – uh, a thorough or a deeper thinker, and I, I happen to find the the fact that it was in Arizona uh, a bit interesting. And I I've, I'm still every day going back and forth about what I feel his um, actual position may be, and I know that people will refer to the quotes and say, "See," uh, and I. I have to concede that, um, but I, I I look at my experience, and uh, also there's a book called Lombardi's Left Side by Royce Broyles uh, that that actually mentions that uh, it was Jerry Jones' progressive uh, stance on race relations that um, made for such a holistic turnover uh, between the the Landry or from the Landry to Jimmy Johnson era. So um, I, I do I feel like Jerry, I've always said this, like Jerry do got this little racist, little, I, I, little racist swag about him. I know that's poor choice of words, but has a little racial swag about it. One, of, But it's almost one of those enduring things you kind of like about old white Texas men. Or, I mean, and I know he's not, but it's just like, you know, I like a good tech where they got the, it sound, it looked like a cowboy and it sound, if he, if he say, I got a couple Negro players and they, I love them to goddamn death. Because it feels like that you listen to how, you hear his accent, you hear how he talk about Dez and all these people that you, legitimately seems like he loved them as children. Um, and, but then you still know that's a white man. That's a white man with a bunch of money, and as a Republican, he does lean towards the things that are, in ways, oppressive to us. But he also realized that these are great, you know, athletes. Now I don't want. I'm not. I'm gonna avoid talking anything about the combine because that's really where I get <sighs> tight about uh, NFL and the practice of the. Um, visual aspects, or or or, or what is it? What are they called? the optics of what uh, old slave trade looked like? Um, so there's just something about him that always feels that way. So it doesn't like some of his remarks don't surprise me. It is Texas. He's you know he's he's a red stater for as long as I've ever seen him. But I think that. We do realize we do have to take in consideration in ways that Jerry comes from the same generation as much of our Senate, our House, Congress, like these people who are slowly or or, or being slow or being uh, objective to progress. That's his generation of people. Meanwhile, making billions of dollars off of this generation of people. So I, 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 like you say, it is comp, it, it is complex and complicated, but in ways I kind, I, I told someone I think what happened in Jerry's mind and in, in in the locker room, 
and he somewhat said it on the press conference afterwards. But what I think happened happens is Jerry goes, y'all know I'm going to take care of you. I love y'all like my own. I, get, I keep y'all out of trouble. I'm going to do this. Please, don't go out there and embarrass me. Don't embarrass this organization. We got a long history of prideful. We're America's team. We need to behave like it. Blah, blah, blah. Inmates running us asylum or the fuck it. Inmates running asylum. That's kind of one of those in, uh, warden speeches. But at the same time, these players have seen over historically, Jerry takes care of those players. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this kind of complicated place for them to be when you're working for well, that and, man. Well, and, and I love that we started this by talking about we, because we is where we start, is where we begin to fix this. Uh, we all too often look at the situation and point out those very things, you know, the Arkansas draw and the fact that let, let's be very honest and very clear about what we know. We know the man has the most valuable sports franchise in the world. We know that AT&T cut him a multi-million dollar check to put their name on his stuff. So it, there's there's no doubt where his wallet leans. Um, but I, I have to take a step out to be objective uh, and try to level this so that my eyes can see things fairly. And what I keep coming back to um, when I look at our role in it is I have been astonished with the idea that we will allow Olivia Pope to do things that we won't allow white people to do. We will allow brands of hypocrisy and and self-degradation and all this shit. We will let it ride for our entertainment over here because we identify with the person who's doing it, the the how to get away with murders and all of this. Um, Has it not crossed anybody's mind? Because let's, let's please remember that Des Bryant was the recipient of the heat prior to Jerry's involvement. The, the, Prior to Jamel Hill taking it on her own, Jamel Hill was holding Des Bryant's feet to the fire. Where are you at? Why aren't you going to pro- protest? Where is your comment? And it was it was aimed directly at Des. And as you said, Des did. He, he told the company line. And you could see it in his face. You could see it in the locker room as he's answering these questions. I don't like the position that I'm in. And I know that he made sure Jerry Jones knew about it. But what happened next is is the point where it becomes the Livestrong bracelet and, and gets trivialized. I think Jerry's effort to become the focal point and, and take the individual players off the, the hot seat um, trivialized things. It's, it's uh, a but lot don't you like think the that- post. In a way that that was him saying, look, I'll do this for y'all. Right. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. I just, I don't, I don't think that there are too many people who would allow him that position or, or even line of thought. And I, I guess that's what I'm saying. I think it's funny that we'll allow somebody to play the bad guy for a good cause on TV. You know, that's fine in Gotham City. But because it just happens to line up um, the way I not needed to, but 
you know, the way I'm accustomed to seeing it, then that has to be what it is. Again, confirmation bias. Is the NFL's hands, uh, are the NFL's hands dirty? Absolutely. They are, they are, they are. But I, I hesitate to, to react as, you know, react to being painted with a broad brush and then turn around and do it on the other side because I, I've been abused. Hey, you been over to Touch Body Works yet? Go to Touch Body Works at evoketouch.com. That's E V O K E, touch. Dot com with skincare products that's so natural you can eat it but don't now now we take the step fully back all the way to Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick uh San Francisco 49ers quarterback um and as the San Francisco 49ers quarterback uh in a shitty season uh, or I shouldn't even say shitty season. A beginning of a rough start for the San Francisco San Francisco Forty Niners. Uh, that was diplomatic. Um, he begins to uh, be more vo- uh, be vocal about his opinions of what's happening in the landscape of America. Uh, this is a time where oh shit, I feel like I'm doing a thirty for thirty. Uh, <laughs> this is a, a time for when when race, racial tensions are high everywhere. You mm-hmm. have uh you have protests in Missouri or rides in Missouri for that matter. You got things going on in Baltimore. You got things going on like all over the country. There's these these cop kill uh cop killings, cop murders. Uh, however you want to frame that, innocent people are being murdered. That's how I look at it. Well, I'm not saying uh, um, these things where you go back and you look and say, oh, well, yeah, I can see how that person got shot or I can see like these are things that are caught on tape. There are intentional acts of violence. Now, um, without speaking specifically to these, uh, what the specific cases of people that was getting murdered were, I'm comfortable on my show saying blanketly. Knowing that this is not the case for every single one, that cops were murdering black people. Uh, yes, I'm going. I'm, due I'm to, going to co-sign that. Due to we'll say fear, uh, not understanding whatever it is. This was uh, a, a a thing. Colin was consistently a message. Colin was consistently delivering, and as well, more attention was being presented to him as. The first uh, visual we had, because no one was paying attention to the 49ers at this point, uh, was him taking a knee during the anthem. Now, this is uh, grabbed by someone um, on the photography end or some sort. But it was one of these things where when you saw it the first time, there wasn't that many angles of it because no one gave a fuck. Just just, Mm want to make sure that that's out there. No one cared. They just saw it. Now, someone gives it to you. In the same way that we get this uh, uh, Bob McNair quote, uh, someone gives it to you for a reaction. They knew what they was doing. Now, you have that. And, of course, the media has to ask, why are you doing this? This is where we start this take a knee. Um, Colin Kaepernick was exercising his First Amendment right in the Constitution to protest. Um, Silently. On his own, not bothering anyone, 
just take a knee during the anthem. He went out there and played football, arguably. Uh, what, what you can qualify what he did was play football. Uh, but game to game, week to week, he took a knee. Uh, on top of this, we started to we began to see the afro grow out. Uh, we started to see more um, uh, uh, this aggressive stance in terms of his communication, in terms of his dress, his attire, this whole thing. Uh, and that's his communication with the media. For a while, Colin was the go-to guy in the San Francisco 49ers locker room for the media because it was good TV, basically. Mm -hmm. um, but as well, the flip side of that became many growing outrage from um, the public, we'll say football public, and then eventually to the general public of what's happening here. Why is he then? Why is he disrespecting the flag? Why is he disrespecting the anthem? And whatever other narrative that has nothing to do with First Amendment or what he was saying week to week of why he was doing it. Um. So I want to make sure I want to make sure I framed why he was doing this. Uh, uh, injustices by the police, injustices by judicial system. Uh, the way we was treated in support of the Black uh, Lives Matter movement, a lot of racial tension at the time for very valid reasons, and he was using his platform. You put a mic in front of me, this is what I want to talk about, and it's not football. It's not yards. It's not interceptions. It's not how shitty my team is playing. It's this, because that is what was happening in that moment. Somehow, uh, people took that as disrespect to the flag without even – seemingly to listen to the reason why he was saying what he was saying. So now we're here. We're finally at Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> um, now we're at a place Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a job. He doesn't – He well, he doesn't play football. Um, there's a lot of call for him to play football. Um, there's a lot of reaction and expression to him not having a uh, a role in the NFL right now. Um, uh, the owners, uh, uh, Colin Kaepernick currently is suing the NFL for collusion, basically that the, uh, owners have teamed up together and decided not to hire him. Uh, many, many players have now, uh, well, yeah, taken on this role of kneel kneeling. A lot of the football audience and whatever the side of the audience you own from black to white, uh, you've decided that you protest the game for for allowing this kneeling to happen or protesting the game for not hiring Colin, Colin Kaepernick. League has been called racist. Uh, it's a ton of shit, as you can see, as I try to unfold every little piece and part that got us to, what is this, a year or two years later after Colin Kaepernick is no longer playing football. Um, mm -hmm. What do you think of this whole situation? Well, I never thought I would be the person to do this, but I'm I'm gonna reply to all of that first by policing your pronouns. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um uh, uh you you mentioned his platform and, and to me that's where the, the, the crux of all of this is. Is his platform the NFL? Um so I often look at the league as uh, it, it classifies itself as a nonprofit organization. These teams are 
Um, you know what? Uh, without going through all that bullshit, yeah, I I, I want to say yeah. As an individual, he's a contracted player. Uh, he is a brand. So when the mic is Fair in his enough. place, it's his platform. Fair enough. Do you do you believe that the Constitution of the United States protects us or 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 provides us that First Amendment uh, freedom of speech? Around the clock, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Um, shit. I believe your ability to speak awards you that. I just, I, I think the response, um, uh, the 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 protection from, um, I guess the protection in a federal construct gives you that right. Okay. Well, uh, I'd first like to make the argument that we can directly point to a Supreme Court verdict that says that you aren't afforded anything under the Constitution of the United States. But let's go a step further, I mean, a step back and look at Colin Kaepernick. You're right, the, the 49ers really weren't a good football team, and you've got uh, a quarterback who's had his coaching um, in, in uh, Jim Harbaugh taken from him when the 49ers let him go to Michigan. And, and along with it went the willingness to work with both Kaepernick and the scheme. Um, so, yes, you're right. There, there's a recipe. There are all the ingredients are there for a need to drum up some sort of publicity. But like you said, that's not what happened. Well, I would, I would, I would step on that and go, it actually puts them in a position to be irrelevant. Okay. I mean, we wouldn't we 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 don't talk about you know Detroit. We don't talk about the Browns. But I mean, you think about the teams; they're bad. We don't talk about them. Sure, sure. But I think first of all, I have to acknowledge that the time leading up to uh, last year's election was hectic and tense, and almost as tense, I would say, as the two thousand eight election. Um, and, and that had some ripples and, and one of those ripples was this newfound comfort in expressions of things that, you know, 10, 15 years prior would have found you ostracized. Suddenly there was uh, a newfound confidence to everyday white supremacy. Uh, it, it was almost like for all of the people who say, well, black people sure do talk about there being the lurking racists. It, it almost seemed like those lurking racists were like willing to uncover themselves and run to the front because their moment had finally come. Um, mm. And, and so it created, it created a climate, but I wanted to point out that Colin Kaepernick originally started by sitting during the anthem, which we know other players have done and continue to do. I'm speaking specifically of, of Marshawn Lynch. Um, but was approached by uh, a member of the U.S. military, I believe, who was retired at the time, but who advised him to take a knee, and something about that gesture, when applied to the climate, became a talking point. And yes, I remember the picture showed up, and um, when I first saw that image, I I didn't 
really know what he was campaigning for. I just knew that I was seeing it a lot and that eventually I would have to come to understand. But my first thought was, ha, and they said when Ali died, you'd never have the the stand-up, stand-out athlete ever again, or that the, the millennial was incapable of that kind of um, gesture and, and willingness to sacrifice himself. And, and what has happened since um, almost makes me hate how how easy it was for me to see it for that and only that. Um, so, God, it's so much shit that comes with this. Um, and I do want to ask this, pose this question to to your entire listenership, though. Um, since we're talking about football, when you have a defensive scheme in the game of football that's working, what do you do? Since you keep doing it. <laughs> you keep applying it. So... To 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 the boycotters whose position I absolutely appreciate, um, and and were I not engaged with the NFL in the capacity that I am, I would certainly be a part. But I would still be mindful of this fact: you took a hard stance and said, "I will not contribute to the earnings of the NFL uh, going forward until these issues are addressed." And they stole your boycott and used those numbers. The, the downward Madden, uh, the downward trend in Madden sales and had to come up with a reason and they couldn't let you know that you had made an impact. So suddenly there's a counter protest, which is comprehensively responsible. I challenge the entire listenership to think, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 to hundreds of people who are, are boycotting, but you turn on the TV every day and take and accept that the numbers that affect the NFL are uh, a particular demographic that is so incredibly patriotic that it's time to go burn their old logo sevens from 1992. But now there is protesting on both ends of this. You could, you could exactly, but only one is being acknowledged because they've stolen it from ah, you, okay. just like they stole the knee, just like they stole, and and we. we you and I are suddenly on on the same page as far as seeing that there's a, a much larger game being played here. But I, I want to have us acknowledge that we were willing not to watch the NFL and or pressure our friends who did if we didn't uh, uh, not to watch the NFL. But we made no action against their sponsorship. We made no real effect. I mean, there are people who will still shave with Gillette and get a Papa John's pizza and drink a Pepsi tonight. I don't fuck so, with Papa John's because of the election, personally, but... Sure, but my my point is the only thing, if you don't watch the NFL on principle and then you turn around and do the things I mentioned, right. you might as well have watched the game. Now, so, we're... we're God damn, there's so much of this shit. Um, so... With with that, um, I, we and we spoke about this already, but this is a perfect. I, I think in this whole movement. All right, God. So all right, look. All right, here we go. Here we go. I got it. Uh, right now, uh, with the play of the NFL, this is this is somewhat perfect for this movement. Um, 
my original argument, you know, we mentioned B, um, Marshawn Lynch, uh, that I kind of felt like if Colin was having a great – had a great season, mm-hmm. we would see how much people really didn't care. Um, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. And the the evidence I would offer to support that idea is Dak Prescott. He's getting blacker every day. Go ahead. <laughs> um, and <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. If he had a great season, uh, no one cared. But now we're in this year, and I know everyone's. Everyone go says, well, you know, Collins should be able to play. He's being blackballed because look at how awful these players are right now. Uh, and mm-hmm. he could play on any one of these teams. Um, on my show, I mean, it's so many fucking different angles to this, and that's the the complex part about it. And I've I, I'm a fast forward because I've now resolved myself to saying as long as we talk about everything other than what Colin was talking about, which I feel he he was sincere about. I uh I do some and, and at times or oftentimes I do question his motive and how aggressive it got over time, but. I do feel like his initial reasoning was very sincere, and I 100% agree with that. And for me, as long as we end up talking more about all this ancillary, uh, trite, and non-issue-based stuff, I might as well watch this game. Because for me, it feels like that the 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 message is so convoluted and diluted and watered down and not even – uphold to its original structure that no one is no one is criticizing it for the right reason um well you know, and, and the, the the idea the notion should i i should probably say the notion to to boycott would be um a much more impactful thing if there was solid and and consistent consensus but as i mentioned unless we're prepared to do it holistically and do the type of of, of of dialoguing amongst ourselves to make sure that it's that thorough. It will be splintered, and if it's even if it's not, it will be taken and and perverted, and and something else will be to blame. And, and what's tough for me is listening and watching and reading the comments of everyone say oh the league is racist the league is racist and we watching what colin is standing for which i mentioned the combine earlier knowing that i was going to get to this like so much of this if we believe it's racist inherently racist and we we believe that the reason why colin is not playing is some racial thing why Mm -hmm. what is the what is his adequate award for this being back in a racist league, playing a racist game, like I don't understand the activism for him, or, 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 or yeah, the activism for him being able to play again. It's already a well, shitty see, I, situation. So why why would we put the person who's uh, who's as all intents and purposes is the leader of this uh, movement? in this position where we say the league don't fuck with them. They're racist. They don't want them there. All these different things that saying that I wouldn't want to go work for an employer that doesn't want me. Mm-hmm. So why would mm-hmm. I want to motivate but, someone to work for the person who do, who we assume doesn't want him? 
we'll see. And then, and I think a, a better question or a better statement would be, I wouldn't want to work for the employer that uh, is willing to admit they want me now. I, I don't know that there weren't teams interested, um, but they, it occurs to me uh, all the signs are there that there was consensus amongst owners that nothing would be done until they could find themselves responsible for the solution or extinguishing the fire in the public in the eye of the public that Colin Kaepernick started. And originally, that was the safe bet. Uh, but I think over time, they've quickly realized how history will see them. And and the NFL's administrative guard complex is, is chiefly to blame for how this has all played out and become so big. But it's easier to say that uppity nigga started it, you know. But I'll, see, that's but it still goes back to me, like all that that was just said and what I just said. And we go, we take all these layers and pieces of it. It's still not about the shootings and the injustices and all this shit from either side. From from the side that says they should hire him, he he's being blackballed. All this, no, they're not saying that. They're saying the league is race. It's a commentary on the but league that goes. That goes right that. back to the question. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's that's the exactly what I was saying about scheme. They aren't changing their scheme. They they took that moment and said, "Okay, rather than talk about what makes us uncomfortable, you mean the owners?" With no white America. Okay, well, right. You're presented Got with it. a protest. You ask why. He tells you why. We could have started with the discussion right then on day one. But the next week, we weren't talking about his reason. We were talking about his protest. And from then on, we've been off track. They didn't want to have that discussion. Nobody does. There's too much money in our imprisonment on a daily basis. Which, which, I, like you said, that's the defense. I'm fine with that. That's the play. But at what point does me, the fan, um, me, the fan that is siding with Colin, um, but mm-hmm. find myself in this argument of he should be able, a player should be able to kneel, a player should be able to you know exercise. For, I'm gonna just wrap this all up as in a player should be able to exercise his First Amendment. Oh, these guys are racist. Oh, this, like at what point do am I responsible for making sure I'm back on track to the message? Well, I mean, it should be obvious to anyone that if there is no action affiliated with your response, it is inadequate. So it is not enough to to not do anything. I believe that they turned your eyes and some boycotted, and then they got to the most insidious policy flexes that have ever occurred in the NFL while you said you weren't watching. Um, this this stuff. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna pause you right there. Where you okay. quote said you weren't watching, unquote. Mm-hmm. They claim that they're not watching. They're watching. There are those. Yes, they're watching. There are those. So there are those. I I, I like to think that there are thousands upon thousands that are not. I'll tell you this: my boss at my job last year when Colin was uh, kneeling, he protested. He didn't watch. Mm-hmm. He did not watch mm-hmm. the whole. He didn't watch the whole season. His response was, if you're going to let someone disrespect the flag, I won't watch. He stood by that moral. We don't necessarily, we don't necessarily have that. Because the fact that you know someone can say, I'm not watching this racist-ass league, blah, blah, blah. 
but somehow can respond to all these things that are happening in the league week to week because it's a short, you know, this is a 16-week game. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's you know, are are you are you not watching the game but keeping up with it? Oh no! I mean, it's my job to literally be no, there. No, I, I just I mean the 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 people who said they're not going to watch. Oh well, you know, my father. The the reason that I even do this, the reason that I love football. Um, I mean, he he loved the NFL game so much that his son is in the locker room every Sunday. That that's how hard he loved this thing, including the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but he doesn't know anything that's going on because he is equally as is firm in his position, and and those are the, that's the generation I really feel worst for because they have come too far to be in the exact same place. Um, now I'm a, now see for me I go I I look at it uh, I look at it in ways I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Um, I look at it in ways of uh, that generation. You know, they 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 paid a significant cost for us to be here and 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 for Colin to do what he did. They stood by these morals. Uh, I've had this argument um, about in in this same construct, uh, construct before. Is that they sacrificed for this moment in terms of they um you know they 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 put themselves in the lines in the line of fire they dealt with the water hoses they dealt with the dogs and all that stuff that we see um uh that are some uh, today or some of the most iconic photos of the civil rights movement and our response to dealing with issues like what we have right now is not to take the position that Colin took and taking an, uh, uh, having an action. It's how do we say this in so many characters? How do we say this in so many comments and things like that? It's like that activism doesn't, it's not tangible. So it feels to me, it feels like it does nothing. Well, it's similar to what I described earlier. It's something for which there's no guidebook. So oftentimes people look back to the source of their familiarity. You know, I watched Eyes on the Prize. My parents made sure I caught every Eyes on the Prize. And and so it's easy to get caught up in the concept or the iconography of protest and not realize that there has to be one actual community and then community policy that that is obeyed in order to have an effect the the protest itself was an opportunity for you to see what was going to affect you rather than this these are the people who signed the petition and designed the cutest sign um do we have a messaging problem absolutely we think we think we think hitting send is being heard um, do we have a leadership problem? And I'm not specifically saying administratively, but having a leader where we go, uh, oh, that's uh Hugh Newton, that's Malcolm X, that's Martin Luther King, that's Edgar Cleaver. Like, do we, do we have that problem? I, I, 
I'll reframe that actually. So I, I had a congressman on my show, uh, uh, one runner for Congress, and his mm-hmm. comment was, uh, and I asked about leaders in terms of how do we fix our neighborhoods and things like that. He said, we don't need a leader, we need uh, many leaders, meaning we all can be our individual leader. Um, for me, it feels like somewhat, uh, I guess I'm asking you this question and answering it at the same time, but I feel like it's somewhat a cop-out to say many leaders. I think it takes responsibility away. One of my biggest gripes with Colin is that we're you got so much of this happening on uh the heels of his uh, uh of how he started this thing and he's not saying anything he's not out there you know some would argue he's out here doing the work and da 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 but I feel like not being a voice to this situation is problematic for me hmm. I, I I've never thought about it that way but i i i would hesitate to to call him uh completely silent let's let's remember that one of the reasons that um or one of the the excuses that miami's ownership was able to loft out for not taking kaepernick especially when their when their quarterback got hurt uh early on in the season were his remarks about fidel castro um now, yes, you know Fidel Castro is not exactly the the issue of police shootings. No, yeah, it, I and mean, it, it did feel like Colin Colin did miss misstep there. I, I I personally felt like that was a misstep. Um, that's a person. That's when I started to feel like, um, I'm not sure why he's doing this now. Because he he started to convolute his own message with adding all this excess to be to feel and I, and I think actually. Going back to the failed at Fidel Castro, and I'm just pontificating this out right now, you just pretty much put yourself in, I'm going to lead this movement. And then now you don't have a job, and we don't know. Well, uh, uh, other than the occasional PR release of him giving away some shoes, I I don't know what he's doing. But see, and, and I think that's exactly like you're you're seeing exactly what is it's cause and effect it at first uh he's a NFL quarterback using his platform and by you know 6 7 months have passed suddenly he's not an NFL quarterback so now for having done what he's done he is being given the mantle of activist and Regardless of my stance on whether or not the the wonderful things he's doing are qualify as community activism, they are incredibly kind and and the the kind of things that we need more of from people in his position or the position that he used to be in. But as you said, we are still not discussing, and I think one of the reasons that we're not discussing it is it's a legal dead end, but we're not discussing police shootings and, and him not going out of his way to have all of his ideas heard by the public. And did he go to the NFL meeting? I know he's been invited. uh, Yeah, I saw that. I don't know. Um, You know, but see, I I, I would assume, I would assume he didn't go. To me, it would... it would, yeah, it would break my heart for him to go because personally, where I am in his shoes, 
I don't know how you could call me the problem and leave me on the street and then call me when it's time to put a nice little bow on it. I think he did you know, just because he can't. I mean, and, and for the same reason you explained, like, you can't do it now. Like, he probably, in my, I, I, I go back and forth because I do feel like he believes what he said. But when I see he sued for collusion, I'm like, I, I don't necessarily see your the case for that. And are you doing that because you want to play? Or are you doing that for money? Or is this really a principal thing? Um, well, I mean. And who's advising on that? And and I'll just add this. You're not saying nothing. I don't, like, I feel like even though we, we, we did give him that title, but I think he put himself in that position. And you either have to, I mean, do what he's doing now, which fair enough, that's up to him. Or you have to take that mantle. But either way. You, the person who start the where where he started, the act uh where he started the police shooting the issues and the, the for the reason for all this, if it was me and that's how I felt personally and I saw what it became now I feel like it'll be my duty to have to make sure like no y'all fucking this up. This right, is about something that else. Would, but that attitude would have to come from a place where you had. Next step solution. Another one of the uh, of the little defensive gimmicks is okay. You're the loudest Negro, and public perception won't allow for me uh, to to rebut you. So, what's your solution? Okay. Well, well, I, I hear that. So then, why did he start in the first place? Well, did he not have a next step solution? Like, was he beyond seeing? I mean, in that way, that makes we him just like the millennial. Uh, the millennial stereotype is that. We step stepping out there on this cliff to 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 cause this ruckus without no plan of action. Well, and well, here's here's the interesting thing is is if we look at the words we're choosing because they mean things. He made the protest. He, he took a knee eventually. Uh, he took a knee. Goodness, he took a knee um, to bring attention. Now, if we as a nation aren't willing to give that our attention, did, what, wait, what did he do for we blame attention? Him for that? Go, go, go ahead and repeat that. I'm, I, I'm just asking, like, can we blame him for that? If, if, if that's what we're saying his intent was, he's done what he can do. It's not for him to wrangle. It was for him to bring focus. Well, and the immediate effort was to deflect and redirect the message. And and that's why we're downstream three states over. So with that, was it for attention or so do we look at it as he did it for the attention to the issue or was it a personal protest? I mean, obviously, we don't know but if you had to assume. At, at this point, I completely support the message that he has done this. Um, in the name of, of bringing attention to the issue. Uh, I've heard interesting things, especially recently, about possible ulterior motives, but I, I really don't have any reason to believe that somebody who thought the next job being um, in jeopardy or not being so certain would use their people uh, in, in the way he would. I have no reason 
to to even begin to think that. So I have to look at what he's done and what he said is the reason, and that's what we need to address. See, Lewis got a job. I ain't got a kind of job where I can uh well I don't have to worry about this uh so I personally in ways I jump back and feeling like and parts of me feels like he used this. Um, and I say parts of me because I do feel strongly that he was genuine in this whole start, but the silence is, 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 as they say, is deafening for me. Um, just because just, just how out of hand and how, how distorted the message has gotten. I just feel like if I, if, if, if this was Dr. King and, and all, or, or just the generation of past, that they would not, I mean, just even as recent as gay rights like i don't feel like they would have let this turn into this for the sake of of fuck i don't know i mean i i don't know because he's, i don't know what what's going on over there he might have some big plan popped up but to go uh, back to the league i do feel as well that this is tough for players and we go and we make this circle back mm-hmm. to this prisoner uh, the 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 industrial complex and the uh prisoners running us uh whatever the fuck it is <laughs> the inmates running the prison um when we get back to here where I have to now go well I know we would love to see these people protest and do all this stuff but I also go I can't ask these people to jeopardize they got grown man bills. And you know what's you know what's funny is that we have, by and large, as a community, we have asked them to do what you're about to describe. We've a hundred percent, a hundred percent. We and I'll just finish it for the audience, asking them <clears throat> to jeopardize their livelihood, their bills, and everything in order to support the protest. Uh, uh, that would be irresponsible for me, and I get that these players. In a, in, in a league where it's always next man up. And if y'all are gone for this season, well, we got a whole batch coming in that we can draft from this year, and we'll go back to our slave trade combine and pick them. So you better decide. Right. I mean, we seen this when they went when they had the lockout, and it was like, we're not going to lock out the whole season. And they brought their ass back to work. And, it's in you know, a shitty CBA, a shitty union, and it still goes back to this 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 prisoner complex system that they have, uh, 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 that exists in this NFL league. But knowing that they're going to live in that, and they've accepted this, they it means way much more to make a million dollars and be seen for 16 weeks uh, minimum uh, uh, than to, to take a knee in the points of the most valuable part of the knee, because I don't want to hear shit about locking arms and taking a knee and waiting till the song come on and stand fuck up. I don't give a shit about that. That's pedestrian at best for me. Uh, but if you can't do that, your pride and your league and your game don't let you do that. I'm about to say some outlandish shit now. Um, then why not do some other things to keep the ball rolling? Uh, okay, they fucking with the message. Let's reframe the message. Let's let's keep let's uh they they have an issue with the knee. You know what? Really, that's not that important. How about I do this? How about I protest this way? Um, you know, Marshawn Lynch, he took a heavy fine. Now he had plenty of paper to do it, but he took a fine for his protest against the media. Um, 
and, and he took some bumps and bruises. And as small as that is, uh, in some aspect, as small as that is, that was a man saying, I firmly believe in this thing that I'm doing. And I'm willing to take whatever lump that comes with this. Um, my argument but because... You know go ahead. It, it, it's, it, sorry, this just struck me. You, you made me think of the fact that we tend to still see this predicament as the modern overlay of house versus field. And I think if if that analogy does hold, then one of the more brilliant wrinkles that we now have to understand and, and account for is that they took, you know, because our traditional house and field, typically house meant, amongst other things, weaker. Your, your, your big guys, your, your tough ones are going to be out in the field, right? Well, now here's here are your big uh, uh, models of masculinity, right? And they are in a difficult position because they have to figure out whether or not a life that you know, a, 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 a being so enslaved, is warranted because now that dude knows the 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 joys of being in the house. And now what would have been the field is saying, hey, you should be able to give that up right now because of the cause. And I, I just find that role shift very different or, or very interesting and, and one that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. I live, uh, this is concept, and and I, I'm going to say it on this show. I don't think I've ever said it on this show, but it's this concept that I love and it's crazy because Marilyn Monroe has a song based on this. And... It said that only slaves dream to be queen. Uh, only slaves dream to be kings, and and I think when we sit out and we in, versus your house in your house versus field uh, concept is we sit in this field and say you should be able to you sacrifice that because in ways I don't have a million dollars, so I'm I'm out here doing it and I don't have a million dollars. Well, a million dollars is you know. Ain't no king sitting up trying to figure out how to be a slave again. Now, right. in their mind, they don't see themselves as slaves. And maybe some, yeah, they don't see themselves as slaves because they're being rewarded handsomely for the job that they do. Um, see, I think, I, think, I think that's us being unfair. I think the, the people that really have to live with the weight of this issue are the people who aren't saying anything or the people who want to say, say something and and are choosing not to or feel that they are in jeopardy because there aren't that many Demontre Moors um, for you to be able to say, yeah, it looks like this, but it could also be that. It, eventually there will come a time when it's very clear cut that the league is having a reaction to a message and they are choosing to ignore it and, and trim the fat when they're prepared to. Um, fuck! I th I forgot where I was about to go with this. Oh, uh, I apologize. <laughs> no, um, so, but here's here's when I when you know you ask some solutions. Uh, one of the things I look at, I mean, with this wealth these guys make, I don't see why they couldn't um do well. I've said this. You can always make this more racial if you need to. Uh, every time that camera gets in your face. 
uh, or a mic is in your face, do what Colin did. Say those things over and over and over and over, and maybe they stop talking to you. Or, I mean, not or, and uh, you can get together, put some billboards up, keep constant reminders, and if you're ever reprimanded for what you did, you can always go. They did this because I was speaking on the issues that affect people that look like me and not them or they did this because i'm i'm here trying to be a leader for my race whatever whatever uh because you can only do so much to a person who's not doing it in your precious game within the league rules or whatever it is i i, I realize it's a major major sacrifice to do it within the game for them but there's no rule of not doing it outside the game not not well, and, being able and, to speak up and do these certain things outside the game. Hell, you do it for domestic violence. You you let them do it for domestic violence. You let them do it for cancer. You let them do it for uh, uh, bullying and everything else. So uh, this has nothing to do with you, but I'm still using this platform as my brand to continue you know, to push this message. I don't feel I don't feel like anything would be truly accomplished until there was an acknowledgement that there needs to be a holistic paradigm shift. And I know those are, you know, potentially threatening words to some, but if assuming that there is a chord amongst black players, so let me speak specifically about the Cowboys that, you know, that is something I know. What would today's game have been like if, if, um, if Cole Beasley is the number one receiver and uh, uh, Cooper Rush is their starting quarterback and there's no one to run the ball and you've got both of your tight ends but two and three of your offensive linemen, depending on the package, aren't there. Now, I know we just talked about you know why should anybody be willing to, to jeopardize their families I don't think you really do after you've paid the cost. What the owners are obviously afraid of is the realization that the qualitative nature of their product is the black players. Not exclusively, but when the league is 70%, you oh, have they know to acknowledge. It. They know it. And, and, and they're afraid of where that goes in terms of dollars and cents. But the truth of the matter is, if these players and if we as a community are, are in fact urging them to get it done, we as a community need to be on the same page that says, you realize, if y'all go anywhere else, you know, y'all have the ability and we have the ability because we are the value and talent pool. You know what's crazy is, okay, this message, this this concept because we we watched them all kneel so we know the Mets get around the league pretty easy all it takes is one game mm-hmm. one fucking mm-hmm. one game one game for mm-hmm. them not to take field one game that's when we go to the industrial complexes uh uh syndrome that's it right there you can't sacrifice one game now again this is this is their paper. It's their money. I can't tell a motherfucker to, to sacrifice their bill like no motherfucking ask me to sacrifice my bill. But, you know, grand scheme, you have the platform. And part of me goes, you know what? Who cares? It's just a game. Because I feel like more should be happening on the uh, community level, on the street level. 
I mean, the fact well, and, that it has been I, valued so highly within the game, knowing that these people make millions of dollars, they win Super Bowl, all they really contribute to is adding, putting money back into the city in some cases. Tax revenue. Right, and and and, and they are, in fact, the, the, the driving force. If you let the pathetic shell of a league that would exist if something monumental like that happened just one, time the value of said league decreases um and and that's that's just easy like i don't even feel like that's speculative at all so it's so much one game could do to that league that'd be so fucking phenomenal like it's so crazy and not and, and that, i'm not even saying in the context of a lockout because that's different they prepare for that and then they know we got to do this this is a deal that's made that you have to now you have to address this because we definitely don't want y'all to do this twice. Right. So right. hey, look, so uh this is what doesn't happen on Facebook. Like, this is what I'm saying. This is what I think we talked about like this doesn't happen on Facebook. That's why it's good to have a platform. <laughs> um <laughs> so before we go too far, I know you're a, a strong advocate for for lacrosse. Uh now I can yes. tell y'all. This isn't it. I mean, it's it, it's it's a uh, and I'm gonna loosely say this, and I'm gonna let you drag on this. But uh, lacrosse is often seen as a blue uh, Ivy League uh, sport. Uh, but I watched a few of these on ESPN. I'm telling you, this is, this is can be as entertaining as football. Very fast paced, uh, enjoyable to watch, and. Uh, I hope I ain't stealing your lead on this, but I think this game is really starting to have an impact into the black communities uh, just as much, or, or I don't want to say just as much as football, but I feel potentially has the ability to be um, in a position to uh, take on a sport like football considering, uh, and that's American football, uh, considering CTE and a lot of the safety things that go with uh, playing NFL, but I'll let you speak more on lacrosse and your advocacy for uh, lacrosse leagues. Well, um, of course, growing up in Dallas, I, I did not interface with uh, lacrosse. I actually picked up the game at the University of Minnesota at the recommendation of uh, a good friend of mine named Phineas Clark. But um, since that time, I've really come to love the game, and I, I really wanted to come back and make sure that that opportunity wasn't missed by virtue of not having um, organizations or, or, or just people willing to show our boys the opportunity uh, or to show them the game and, and, and the opportunities that come along with it. Um, you're right, there, there is an Ivy League kind of perception, but sport is sport. We're all going to sweat, and the best athletes are going to prevail. And you know, we are a community of talented athletes uh, and incredible thinkers. And, and when those two things come together on the lacrosse field, man, it's it, it's it's absolute magic. There, there's something um, – I've seen a lot of players, you know, come into a place of bliss uh, playing their respective sports, but I, I've never seen uh, harmony uh, like I have in, in my few years coaching uh, little boys of color – uh, here in North Texas, uh, since committing myself to that idea of 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 making sure that lacrosse had roots in in my community. 
And see, my nephew, uh, my nephew picked up lacrosse. Uh, I can't remember two, three years ago. He's a phenomenal athlete. Um, I'm not even saying that as him being my nephew, he's just all around like basketball, uh, basketball, football, amazing. Uh, and then jumping into lacrosse, he really enjoyed for the fact that uh, he felt like he 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 could use the same agility skills that he used exactly. between both sports. And then you know you got the juke moves and all this and his his hand eye coordination, all this thing, all these things that he used in both of these sports together, as well as just lower potential injury, um, is one reason I enjoy it for him. But like he really enjoys playing that sport, and not just him, a lot of other his black friends and Hispanic friends were also on the team, and they enjoyed it enjoyed it as well and if this goes anyway like golf or tennis i mean this could be another one of those sports that once it starts getting picked up in the uh urban community i mean now you take you know the few teams that you have playing the ivy leagues and then expand that all the way out to a uh a whole different culture who you know we we tend to when it comes to these sports we tend to grab them and kind of add our extra little sauce to it and now you got a whole different game, but you have one that you can market, you can uh, monetize greatly, and start to offer some different contracts to players and, and students that uh, doesn't put so much of their health on the line as say well, football. I, I, I do want to throw I do want to throw uh, a caveat out there to that, and and that is um, the concussion in particular. Statistics are relatively close. Uh, the mm. difference, by and large, comes down to the fact that any blow to the head is a penalty. So you'll 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 see more players attempt to avoid it. Plus, you have fewer players running in you know multiple directions on a much larger field. But um, it it is exactly what you said. It is the perfect place for a person who had those football and basketball skills to, to display them both at the same time. I think it's any kid out there in the world who, who has court vision, this is your game. You know, I, I think the difference historically has been that perception and, and the fact that those people, the, the, the people who uh, could bring their God-given talents to the game uh, haven't been there. But, the perception is false. Sure, it's played at the Harvards and Yales, et cetera, et cetera. But if you've got two sticks in the ball, you've got all you need to introduce a kid to something that could literally take them to the Browns, you know, and, and you know, to, to the Ivy League. And, and that's what's important. Um, not not that as a goal, but certainly the, the infinite uh, of upward momentum that comes from a simple introduction of something that was created right here in North America by Native Americans. Boom. That's lacrosse. If he didn't sell lacrosse to you and your kids, I don't know what else can do it. Watch it on ESPN when it comes on. I'm telling you, it's entertaining once you really kind of get in there. And that's sometimes when uh when we're in that sweet spot of no more football and no more basketball, that's when you usually can see some lacrosse and some other fucking cricket and everything else on ESPN. Now, or just go to YouTube. Hell, you, uh, go watch a YouTube. Absolutely. Game. 
right after right after March Madness, you got the the lacrosse tournament, and then the pro season, the pro outdoor season, Major League Lacrosse takes you through summer and gets you right back into your training camp groove. So it's 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 literally how I pass my time through the NFL off season. All right, tell people how they can find you if you want to be found. Oh, man, I try my best not to be found on social media. Um, all of my stuff is America's Noop. That's America spelled appropriately with a K N U P E. Um, my column, Certain Impossible, will be, Certain Impossible will be returning to the Dallas Weekly here in the first week of November. And I also am hoping to put a podcast of similar name on DW Radio coming in the spring. So come March Madness, maybe I'll have to see if I can get you on my show, man. I like this. I like, I like the way this this feels in here. I might have to jock your style, boy. You can take it. You can take it. I got too many of them. <laughs> Ain't shit. Uh, so before we get all, all right. the way out, uh, give the people, tell, tell them something you're watching and what you're listening to. Oh man, um, musically speaking, man, I'm I'm stuck in 1990s, so don't don't ask me. Um, what I'm watching, goodness gracious, it's it's been a while since I've even delved into series. Um, to Give show you what kind of radio, Give me yeah, what I, man, I have been checking out the the stand up comedy and radio contributions of one Patrice O'Neill. Oh, May he rest man. in peace. Uh, an, uh, le- a legend that too, too few know. So if you don't know anything about him, uh, Google him, YouTube him, find Black Phillips, sit back, and oh. prepare to be wild. This man was a godsend. I, I don't know where I would be mentally if I hadn't run across his work. Hey, if hey, look, listen. Hold on. Let me extend this out. Listen, uh, Black Phillip changed everything about oh. how I deal with these goddamn women. I'm telling you. Come now, on now. <laughs> now, y'all better get to that Black Phillips show because he going to teach you about three different women. Uh, he going to teach you about bears, uh, was it deer, and rabbits, I think it is. Uh, those three, once you figure out which one for you and how to deal with them, your life going to change, I promise you. And while you're at it, Patrice O'Neill, Elephant in the Room. Uh, very dope stand-up. Make sure you watch that. If you don't see anything, that is quintessential. Patrice O'Neill right there. Um, this is the I'm Kind of Famous podcast. Thanks for coming on. Man, this is a good appreciate one. you for having me, bro. Not a problem. Make sure you go over to the Facebook page, Kind of Famous Pod, K-I-N-D-A Famous Pod, P-O-D, uh, on Facebook, social media, and all that sort of thing, arrowfilms.com. Hey, look, I said youtube.com slash arrowfilms. Uh, find that Kind of Famous Podcast playlist. Uh, we got a lot of quotables going to come out of this one So you might as well get used to these clips uh, You can share these, we're going to compress it down But until then This has been the I'm Kind of Famous Podcast On the I'm Kind of Famous Podcast Network Tell your mama I said hi So in light of you being kind of famous Why the hell I'm kind of famous Who the hell she knows